Episode 100 of From the Jingweeds podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Southwest Turf Support. Southwest Turf Support provides golf courses and professional sports fields with the highest quality products and services. Southwest Turf Support is based out of Phoenix, Arizona. They also take care of Nevada, Southern California, and also New Mexico. Make sure you go to www.swturfsupport.com where you can see a full lineup of their products they distribute and also an area where you can meet their agronomic team. Thanks again, Southwest Turf Support, for your continued sponsorship of From the Jingweeds podcast. Later. Stay pissed, everybody. We're fresh. Shit. (laughs) I almost forget how to do it because it's been so goddamn long. That's part of the issue. (laughs) Zinga, zinga, zinga. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know what fucking episode I'm on. 105? Shit. Uh, 105. All right. Sweet. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 105 of From the Jingweeds. After a small little summer break, we'll call it. A little bit of vacation here and there. And uh, Dan is still on vacation in that lovely area of the Midwest of the United States. Seems like uh, chatting back and forth with him, he is running all over the middle of the country. I know it's Kansas City, Missouri, to Denison, Iowa, to Burwell, Nebraska, I think is the name of it. And uh, from what I understand, it's been cool, breezy, uh, beautiful, sunny days in the middle of the Midwest. It's been like 100 and whatever, 90-something percent humidity. Uh, He's been sweating his dick off. Driving around the Midwest with the three little bambinos and the wife from family spot to family spot. But anyways, I needed a guest, and uh, he's in town actually here. But doing the podcast live from his GMC pickup truck is Mark Stutzman. Mark, <laughs> with Simplot. How's it going? Thanks for coming on. But you are down here with a little work and a l- half a little family vacay, bringing the wife and the kid kids back to uh, hanging out with their friends here in Arizona. What is the good word? And we are fresh off a skinless or even birdieless round of golf at Southern How Dunes sad yesterday. Was that? How Pretty sad bad. Was that? Pretty bad. It wasn't even it didn't even seem sad because we had opportunities, but the ball never went in the hole. <laughs> and I need to sh- I need to shout out to Wes because his course was in unbelievable shape. Yeah, it's it was really it, good. It was really good. I mean, and, and, you know, for me coming down here, you know, seeing it different, you know, for, for what it is, I, I was very impressed with how good a shape that golf course was in. Yeah. I don't know how he maintains those bunkers. I was just going to say. We watched a couple. We just watched a couple guys when we were playing raking bunkers, and I looked at you and went, I definitely don't want that job. No. That they, was. You can't get to them. This no, is, there was no. originally 11 and a half acres of bunkers there. And I believe the only reason, this is, I'm pretty sure, the only reason why they downsized it is because a flood a couple years ago, like, buried that golf course. And it was closed for a couple months, I believe. And they lost two and a half in the flood. And they needed to, they needed to lose, I mean, realistically, in my eyes, 11, no, sorry, I would say probably seven acres could go away. There was bunkers guarding bunkers. Mm-hmm. And what was crazy is that, you know, we get up to that first hole, right? So we, they, they let us out. We get up to that first hole, and the video on the freaking uh, thing plays, and it's Fred Couples welcoming you. So I'm assuming it's a Fred Couples design. Yeah, and I, played, I have no idea. 
I've played a couple of those, and I've never seen that many bunkers. I've actually, there's a couple courses in California that are Fred Couples that I absolutely love. And I'm just like, the owners had to say they wanted that. There is no way that anybody could go, let's just put a bunker guarding a bunker guarding a bunker. Because that's how it was. Yeah, it's, um, you know, that drivable par four that we all hit blasts on. There is like, there's really no way to get there. There's no reward. You have to hit a laser beam 300 yards. Absolutely. And it has to stay straight through the rolling hills around it. The bunker that I clipped the top of and ended up in, I mean, if, even if that went away, there's a chance now. But right now, there's no chance of really going for it. Um, and I guess at the level that it is, you know, it started, the history behind that place is a little interesting as well. It was designed... It was called Royal Dunes. Um, it had native grasses all in the mounds and everything. And we saw the sprinkler heads. If you hit one out in the shit right now, you were cruising through to sprinkler heads that were shut off. And, yep. Um, yep. And eucalyptus trees planted there. The worst, yep. as far as the golf courses here in Arizona, they're the worst trees to put on a golf course. Uh, right. They're monstrous. They're brittle. Uh, they suck up tons of water, so that even makes them more brittle. And they just, they get so heavy and they drop. They're known as widow makers out here. Yep. You know, and if, I mean, the smallest branch is crazy heavy. So they planted all of those things everywhere, got rid of the native stuff, and it was going to be a men's club. And the goal from what I've kind of dug a little bit more into this is I've heard that it was supposed to be like a weekly, like money game down there. Whoever mm-hmm. started this whole thing was going to have two games a week, and they were hoping that the high-end North Scottsdale courses were going to send all their good players that had pockets full of money to go down to Maricopa, Arizona, where there's nothing down there. You know, it is in between, you know, you call it, it's in between Tucson and Phoenix, and 25 years ago, they thought that it would actually meet. Like, right now, there should be neighborhoods meeting each other the entire way down the freeway through that area. Right. Right. Well, it never right. got to that. And when the right. golf course opened, um, I think homes around that area, you know, my wife's grandparents had bought a house in an area a little bit south of that. I forget what year they did it, but I believe they paid $85,000 for a brand-new three-bedroom house. You know, so there's that'll tell you right there that it, there's literally nothing. You're an hour from Phoenix, an hour and a half from Tucson, in the middle of nowhere. You got trains cutting through. That was about the most exciting thing that you saw out there was fucking trains. How about the traffic leaving that place? You know, from the people coming back home from their daily gig in the big city. The fucking traffic was six or seven miles long of a two-lane road. And there was no accident the construction was gone, you know, by that time. It was, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah. So to even, you know, still have people down there playing it. And then there's, what, the Duke is right across the street. That's the other golf course in that area. So there's only two, but you couldn't put three or four down there right now anyway. No, no. And, I mean, I, I think eventually it'll get there, right? It'll build, right? Mm. I mean, at, at some point, way by, by, you know, way past our time, houses will be yeah and and communities will go away and then come back you know come back and go under and come back and it'll connect but 
Yeah, I remember when I first came to Phoenix, I had a buddy come to town. And we didn't know much about, you know, the Phoenix golf, so we actually played the Duke. Um, and it was, you know, it was your typical, you know, I don't want to say municipal, but just public golf course, yeah, right? In a it neighborhood. Was, it's wasn't a, bad. It's a golf course and built to have a neighborhood around it. The cool thing Correct. about Southern Dunes is not a home. Not a home on the property. That is a cool part of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and the and the Indian uh, reservation helps, you know, keep it up, right? So they, they're not sweating, you know, rounds or dollars. They're there to, you know, use it as a facilitation for the casino and the people that come and play. And then whatever they can get for public is there. I'm sure they do a lot of high roller events and things like that in the winter. They just, you know, they're pumping rounds through in the winter. Yeah, the first know, time... And it happened, First time you I know, ever played it was in an awesome tournament, you know, that had yeah, all the T prize giveaways and all that shit. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, and I bet with I bet with Troon managing it, it's even a little bit better, right? Because now you've got somebody that's kind of has a format and a structure, right? So now they can just pay Troon. Troon does a good job of, you know, doing the bells and whistles and keeping it up and what have you. And I mean, they did a great job. That I mean, I'll tell you another thing that was amazing was for it being a wednesday they had to do it for us but the uh the outside service staff came out with the towels they were checking on us all the time with water oh. they were not you know it wasn't a ghost town you no know what i mean they were on us no. like all the time no very good so, and the food is supposed to, you know i didn't eat but the guys were eating there before and it mm. looked awesome they all three of them commented like this is really good really good right you know so right. you know if you're gonna go down there and play that at least from coming up from tucson or going down from phoenix it's expect a day but they you know you can make a day because it's it's a enjoyable place to hang out at you know the clubhouse and the facility around there is a cool little spot so it's not like you're just going in you know getting around the course and bailing you know make it a little bit longer of a trip tell the esposa that you're going to be there for a couple more hours i think and you know i guess see it all (laughs) because If you're going to make the trip, it's really the only thing down there that to yeah, really see. Yeah. So I got out of there a little early. How many skins were there? And uh, I believe there were six. One of them won by uh, three of them won by one guy um, who's been apparently on a tear lately. I'm um, not sure. I can't remember what his name is, but I've seen him around. Very good golfer. Uh, mm-hmm. Ed even said that he's got to even push back even further next time he plays. You know, mm-hmm. go tip it out for that. You know, he's playing amongst boys. There's only a couple mm-hmm. of them that can hang with him. You know, right. and it plays very long. You know, mm-hmm. this time then we played, well, we play the one-ups from the tips. And, uh, you know, the first time I played it, it was, we were even the whites, you know, in this tournament thing. And there was a lot of spots where I was like, man, I think I was last time I hit a, you know, a six iron into a par five. And right now I'm hammering the three wood, you know. So there's a yeah, little it bit of even, it, didn't, it didn't look long on the card, but it felt long when we played. Yep. Right. You look at the card, you're like, okay, it's sick. Whatever it was, right? I looked at it before we played and was like, okay, it's gonna be the average 65, 66, 67, whatever it was. But when we got out there, yeah, they, I don't know if it's because of the way the design of the holes are, or how the dog legs go, or you know, hitting it on the wrong side of a certain dog leg to make it longer, but. It definitely felt like it played pretty long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to, you had to kind of pick, you know, pick your way around there. And it was funny because watching me, you, and Mike stand on the tee box and smash driver because we're kind of used to this skins game. 
and your son played with us and played mm-hmm. it with a completely different mentality. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was the way you're supposed to play golf. Like he right. did a good job of trying, <laughs> or at least his effort was to manage his way around there. Uh, right. His driver was getting real snappy. Right. So instead of bitching and complaining, it was, you know, this driver, this driver. He never heard that. I maybe heard that once or twice from him. But by the third or fourth time, that driver was in the bag the rest of the day. And then right. he started to even say, if even if I do hit it, and he got to a point where he pulled it back out and he hit it a couple times and it was totally fine. But the comfort level of hitting that hybrid or hitting his long iron off the tee and putting him in a position to play from his comfortable spots, but know he's playing in grass rather than out in the fucking jingweeds, where <laughs> we weren't out there that often, but we were definitely out there. You know, because some areas you just try to take on too much. But that's the, you know, playing skins games is, you know, it's not the right way to play the game of golf because you're just going after it's shit. It's a sca- it's a scramble, right? right? You're in there and you're just hitting. There's no flow. There's no rhythm, Mm-mm. right? You're not playing to where, like you said, like a flow and a rhythm. You know, there's not one point where we stood up there and went, yeah, I'm going to hit three wood. Or I'm going to hit five wood. I'm gonna hit five. No, I'm hitting driver to 40 yards so I have an awkward chip. <laughs> that I hate, that yeah. I'm not going to get close, yeah. and then I'm going to have this 80-foot putt that I'm not going to get close either, and then we're going to move on to the next one. Right, but then the but the whole point is you're trying to get it to 40 yards, nip something crazy, have it bite and stick, right. and, you know, in the morning yesterday, I know it was a very good turnout in this time of year. We typically don't have the turnouts, never mind that it was an hour outside of the Phoenix. I was going to uh, say, for how far it was, it was an amazing turnout. I think a lot of people saw the calendar or the weather for the week, and uh, you know it was like, all right, I'm going to this, you know. And we woke up in the morning, and it was 80 degrees. You know, we've had a couple of storms come ripping through here, or at least the thought of it. But at night, it's been cooling down. The mornings have been beautiful, and I thought, man, when I left the golf course, it was 82 degrees at 9:30, and when I got down there, it was probably just touching 90 but the humidity was through the roof i was leaking by mm. the fourth hole you know oh, that so, towel that they gave you was wearing as a helmet oh, for the rest of the round. it was it, it was, was a savior you know oh, and uh with that though you know i think when you putted around on the putting green and by the time you got out there on the golf course that bermuda kind of started to sweat a little bit with the you know and it got real sticky so the putting game i'm gonna blame it on the fact that the grass was sweat and sticky not the fact that i suck as a fucking golfer but you know even as the day went on it just got stickier and stickier because yeah we would say how many times did you think to yourself hit it 10 percent, hit it 15 percent harder and still came up six inches, eight inches short, you know, yeah. on downhill butts. And I just, I always chalk that up to, you know, just summer Arizona golf, right? right. Like that's just, that's just what it is. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. You're never going to go, unless you're playing someone on the North corridor and you got bent grass greens, you're never going to get past 10. You're probably not going to get past nine. Right. To be honest with you. And even Pretty if you're playing on those summer. North corridor, it's the, the season of the grasses right now in this area is, you know, bent grasses, you know, those guys are kind of getting them a little bit long, uh, yep. you know, trying to keep them alive. And then they Absolutely. get sweaty and puffy 
You know, yep. so that's grabbing, but the Bermuda grass just turns into fucking Velcro. And, you know, by now it's not so bad, but when we start transitioning, you know, from our cool season and the Bermuda really starts getting going, playing golf gets hard, you know, putting gets harder because you'll play the same golf course and then all of a sudden the break isn't breaking as much because the Bermuda grass is holding that thing back. And then our quote unquote, the grain of the grass, you know, right. downhill putts. In, when you're putting into that southeast corner, you know, the grass, I mean, it's flying because the grass is laying down in that direction. But when right. you're putting right. downhill to the northwest, it's just grabbing it the other direction. Even if it's a downhill, it's just growing into it. It's grabbing it. But, you know, it takes two or three months to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess my I guess my Bermuda is pretty healthy right now. The ball isn't breaking and it's not rolling out, you know, so... It's a completely different game. Well, right? I was I, I was just impressed. Like I, what I was impressed with is coming from the outside, right? Not being down here in a while, going and playing golf. I don't know what they're charging, but whatever they're charging is worth it because it was just. I mean, if you can deal with the heat and where you're at in the condition, I mean, the condition of the golf course was unreal. I, I just was very very impressed with how good it was because this is the time that you're you know getting ready for winter, right? Strength and Bermuda, mm-hmm. doing your project getting things done i didn't you know i didn't notice a ball out of play really anywhere i didn't notice anything that was like oh man they're working on this or oh they had this problem or oh they're doing this or Mm -hmm. nothing too busy they're too they're too busy raking bunkers too busy (laughs) (laughs) you know and there is some out there you know they're trying to do some stuff in-house and i was talking with wes after you know they're trying to do these things in-house with a seven and a half acres of bunkers and a crew that is just like everybody else's, it's probably four or five guys short, maybe more. I'm not sure what their budget is for guys, but I'm sure he's got in the range of 10, you know, like we all do. Seven and a half bunk- acres of bunkers with 10, you would need 10 guys to make them good every day. And then the cost, you know, down in that area, they get hammered by these haboobs, you know, the dust storms. They get hammered by them. It's right in the wheelhouse where all the haboobs start. You know, it's that in between the Phoenix and Tucson area. So they're all, I mean, one of those things, and your bunkers are contaminated. You know, so this is years and years and years of this. So you can't even afford, I don't care how high end or how much money you have, to be that budget line item of bunker sand alone at a place like that is astronomical so is it worth them to ever do it no it's back to the don't hit it in there they're fucking bunker but they're they're consistent there was not like you go to the golf course and they've done like three greenside bunkers you know or whatever and then they go over here and then the fairway bunkers or the next hole nothing's been done on the greens i say until you can do it don't even stick your you know your toe in that water because until it's done right, it's not worth having this inconsistency now all over your golf course. You know, one of the things we see up where we're at is the same thing you were talking about. Not so much the, obviously, monsoonal, but with the wind. We get wind that kicks in there. So anybody that's like a mid-level exception golf course, right, that $50, $60, $80 golf course, is using sometimes USGA grade sand or mortar sand because it's heavier and it'll stay in the bunker when the winds to come. Right. You know, they just they just don't want it to blow out. They don't want the, de- you know, the, the desiccation of having to go away all the time and just having to fill it all the time. So they use a heavier sand. So a lot of the stuff 
that we have, you'll see, you know, different grades and colors of sand. That's really wild because they're all doing it by weight. They're not even caring about condition. They need something in there that'll hold right. when it's super windy. And then if you're high end, obviously they're going to the, you know, they, there's a couple courses that truck out that beach sand from Idaho, the your pure white pebble beach sand mm-hmm. from Idaho, but they're doing it. I mean, the amount of money they're spending is unbelievable. Yeah, for fucking. And it's already in the budget, right? They they got the money. They're not worried about it. money's not the issue. But it's just like they talk about it all the time. Like the amount of labor they're doing, with stuff blown out, it's just stupid. It's, it's wild, and it's a bunker. It's a hazard. You know, just right. make it consistently shitty because you shouldn't be in there. You know, obviously do the best you can. Don't make it fucking shitty. Don't make it muddy, or don't put anything in there. But you know what I'm saying is it's. It is what it is. It's a fucking bunker. Um, do what you can to make them consistent, but to truck that stuff in and spend all that money, it's nonsense. I'm trying to find out what they're charging, and I can't even find it on the uh, website here. But it is Fred Couples designed it, um, which is a little shocking to me. I I, I played. I think a that couple Fred. I think that plays before. into a little bit of that men's club mentality out here because that's At, they wanted it like Whisper Rock, and he's you know that was the original when I first ever was down there, and people started telling me that this was supposed to be this quote unquote semi Whisper Rock of the South. I was just standing there going, "I've got to talk to the guy who thought that was an an idea," you know. Obviously, Fred is like, sure, pay me. I'll come down there and design yeah, I'll, it. But I'll I think he, he may have want. something to do with the land ownership, too. Um, but still. Oh, you think so? Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I, I think so. But, uh, mm. no, it was good Good golf, good fun. I think ne- next week we got uh, uh, Ed's place up at, uh, Jesus Christ, Wickenburg Ranch. 45 a player at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Are you fucking kidding me? That's that's worth every nickel. <laughs> yeah, they're losing yeah. they're losing twenty five to thirty dollars a person. Well, in my eyes, you know, it's the you know it's the the only reason it's there is because of the you know the deal from you know everything right like just because of the heat you know I mean they they can charge more. Oh. All day. Because the conditions are phenomenal. Like I said, it's the drive and it's the heat. It's who's going to come out here and who's going to bear the heat to do it. And then I think that is what plays into what we saw yesterday with the players' assistants coming out. Hey, is this going on? The cocktail, the, the, cocktail, which the, the cart girl was awesome. You know, she was out, you know, three, four times making sure everybody was good. They, they did a really good job. I mean, as a whole, I don't know if that's because of Troon or because of the way that they are and being so far out and trying to cater to them but you know i mean i got lucky enough to play awatuki country club on monday with a customer of mine and i didn't see a cart girl and i didn't see anything you know and it was it was fine greens were fine the rest of the place you know you could tell they were you know they were waiting for winter right yeah and they were you know they were charging 15 bucks right yeah from my um, understanding that the water and out coming out of that area for the golf courses is insanely expensive and it's horrible horrible quality um i don't know i know days when i used to play there anyways i uh, used to see like the like the salt just sat on you could see all the white on the top of the ground in the summertime just from the salt evaporating out of the soil and i mean 
unless again you got the money to back that and the money to you know take care of the issues and uh you know put additives in or whatever you're doing acids and i mean how many loads of gypsum would you have to put down to even begin to make a difference when you have water quality like that and the soils are fucking clay shit so I've got two courses. I've got I've got one in Reno that I do a little bit of help with the superintendent, and um, he's got that issue. Salt on the top. Anywhere where it doesn't get water for two days, it's white crusty the whole way across, right? And what he learned, which was wild, and I still don't understand this, but he can't use a slow-release fertilizer. He has to use everything quick. He's got to grow it up quick and have it go because the plant has to take it up right away because once it gets in there, it's all bound up. No slow-release will work. No... No, anything slow will work at all. He's got to make, he's doing, you know, 95 degree temperatures, doing cow nitrate apps. And I'm like, I think it'll work. Like, uh, I mean, this is totally ass backwards from everything you've taught or mm-hmm. learned, but let's try it. And it's like, okay, yeah, you've got growth, right? It only lasts two weeks, but you at least grow out of your issue and go. I just did a, a cost analysis with a customer and my second customer, high end customer up there. And he told me, he goes, to counteract the amount of magnesium in my water, I would have to put out $130,000 worth of gypsum a year. He's like, how do I do that? He goes, even if I have the money, like in my mind, that just doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, you're out there top dressing the golf course with gypsum. Right, well, and per year. I mean, it's like, you know, it doesn't even, it just doesn't compute. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so finding different ways to skin the cat, finding different ways to to figure it out is kind of what, you know, you kind of made to, right. And just dealing with some of the issues that you have, because I mean, you, you're, you're not going to win. No. Their nature is going to win every time. Yeah. And I mean, maybe we as superintendents set ourselves up, you know, you bring it, you're not going to win. And it's back to, no, we are winning every day. Right. You got to keep thinking. It's like, look at what we got. We're now mm-hmm. picking, tiny little spots all over this place. Like here we are talking about the bunkers at that place or, you know, down at uh, Southern Dunes. You're talking about these little white patches that don't get water here and there. Does that make a huge difference of the golf course? No, not at all. Who's the only one that sees it? Us. Because we're we're paid to have eyeballs, right? Right. Uh, So don't want to keep on beating it down like, oh, we're losing everything we can. No, we're winning all the time. It's just interesting to... You know, I guess, see how we get there at each and every different property and then how each one of us as a superintendent takes it. You know, what is what are our wins and what are our losses? And we're paid to obviously pick out every single one of our losses. Right. And we as a as a whole in the industry, we never are there. We're never there to pat ourselves on the back very much, but we're there to defend, you know, all the criticism. But we never sit there and kind of look at ourselves and be like, hey, you know what? We're doing all right. It's just that one area over there on number three. We're we're doing what we can. You know, it's getting better. But stop hanging your hat on that little shit problem that you have. You know, the one that's decided that I've got to use quick-release fertilizers. That's a huge win. Look at that positive, what you figured out, rather than sit there and go, oh, my soils fucking suck. Because that's, right. you're right, you're not going to win on. No, so you've right. just got to right. figure out what works best at your property or in your situation and what <laughs> what are you willing to deal with and what are you willing well, to I not think, deal with or accept. I think, 
I think with like with you have with your owners really good because you can talk to him about stuff, you know, realistically, right? You have a relationship where you can talk to him, but normal operations is not getting that from down the trough, right? The food and beverage manager has no clue what's going on with everything. The, the events coordinator doesn't know what's going on. So you sit in these staff meetings and everybody goes to, let's just talk about financials. People go through financials all the time. What is the financial for the golf course maintenance? It's always a loss. You're always spending yeah. money. There is no revenue side in a golf course maintenance. If it doesn't happen, the golf course doesn't exist. Right. So we all know that, right? But everybody sees it. It's like, how many hot dogs do we sell, Sally? Oh, we sold 85 hot dogs. We can rectify that we got fifteen, you know, $100 or whatever we got, right? The golf course is always a, a cost. And then when something goes down and it's a capital improvement, it's even worse. And the ownership and everybody else just looks at you like, man, Guilfoyle's spending money again. You know, I'm trying to like survive and making money. And he's over there, you know, he needs another $10,000 fur app and he needs to get the well, you know, serviced. And just like, that's all they see because there is no side of that. And I think that's a huge detriment to us because if you don't have somebody supporting you, you're looked at as a cost right. all the time and not a benefit. Yeah. And that is a very beautiful thing that it's, I answer to one person. That is, I mean, for me and my personality alone, in my own, <laughs> my own inner health, that is a huge thing. Um, you know, when I worked for that management company for seven months, I couldn't understand who I, I didn't even know who I was answering to half the time. You know, you, oh, I remember. you have I this remember. list of people on this email chain and they all have president or vice president or you know head of and assistant to director and you're just yeah the director of something or other and it's like why are they getting it this should be going to whoever superintendent or whoever director of agronomy you know and then obviously the ownership needs to know where their money's going but i don't understand why it's going to you know the assistant head pro and things like that. It's like it's too many people are now pervy because I'm not seeing really what you guys are selling a shirt for or what a sleeve of balls or what your wins and losses are. Um, but it, yeah, it seems to we expose ourselves. And I guess I think rightfully so because our job is exposed daily by every single person that comes to that facility. You know, most of the people that go there, what's the percentage that eat and drink your, you know, eat your ham sandwich and drink your course lights? Every one of them played my, the golf course. You know, the reason why they went there. So that's where top of the list to be criticized or praised. But no, in this industry for sure, and we've said it forever, is no news is good news. You know, you get a somebody that comes off that golf course and they don't say shit, it was all good. You know, yep. so if you're looking for pats on the back, this is certainly not the industry to be in. Um, and I'm sure there's a well, million more. It's just I know this one. You know, I, I'm well, sure there's we've talked, plenty. We've heard it on the pod before. Or I've heard it from you and Dan talking before about the Yelp reviews and the and the Golf Now reviews and stuff. And the guy that just missed three putted on 18 thinks your golf course is fucking bullshit yep. because he couldn't make a putt on 18. He, he could be three over for the round. Yeah, he raised you to 75 and just. The last taste in his mouth is the thing that he sucks at. Mm -hmm. He can't figure out. And he comes back. The, the the instant gratification, you know, 
you know, millennial, you know, I don't know if you call it millennial, whatever generation. No, it's that. In. No, I, it's the golfer. It's the guy that grabs his fucking golf clubs and his brain changes. You know, that's there's something there, and I'll go to my grave saying that when you grab that handle of your golf clubs, something in your head changes. It's it's the guy that owns the '68 Chevelle that you know his project car. On Sundays, when he grabs the keys to that thing, <laughs> and he's going, or is Saturday night cruising down to the Target parking lot where every fucking gearhead in town is going to go show off their projects, you know, they grab the keys and they're pumped, you know, and then they're going to show up at this place where they're going to, you know, basically measure dicks, and then they're going to be critical over that guy's '67 Chevelle. And that guy's, you know, red one, mine's black. This is red. So people in these, I think it has something to do with your money. It's your disposable income that has, you know, is tied to these types of things, hobbies. And if your hobby ain't right that day, it's someone else's fault. You know, it's got to be somebody else's problem. Absolutely. 100%. Or you're going to find something that's wrong with their thing. And it's never your thing. Like, his Chevelle's red, and it's really all original. Yours is a resto mod with a whole with a fucking ninety five Corvette motor in it, and the whole you know everything's not a Chevelle anymore. And you're like, mine's better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know where that analogy is, but you know what I'm saying. It's it's fucking. It has. It's tied to the money, which I totally understand. You know, when you go on vacation. With the family, you just put up a couple grand. It better be a fucking good time, middle of Midwest. So, but you know, uh, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for everything good the entire time, and one little mishap can ruin it for people. Because you know what? It's maybe for the golfer. It, this ain't happening again for another month. Because I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Whatever. So right. that day better be fucking the best. You know, and then you get paired with a couple of pigeons that fucking talk about stupid shit all day. And then your day is real ruined, so it's got to be the golf course. You know, and all it is is just, just wasn't your day, man. You didn't well, get paired how, up how with... often, you said paired up with pigeons. I, I was going to ask you, how often do you guys pair people up at your place? Um, in, the, in the season, all the time. It has to be. Yeah, there is. Gonna... Yeah, there is no, and COVID kind of changed this. Hmm. COVID fucking funny. Anyways, uh, you know, it did change a lot because of the people wanted the single carts, you know, and that kind of continued. We gave the option where you could buy the single cart. Now you got the single cart, and then they started finding loopholes to, uh, even if they were friends and they were going to, you know, Bill and Steve were going to definitely golf together today. Well, instead of Bill calling in and being like, hey, I'm fucking or signing up for a twosome, it's like, hey, Bill, I'm getting on the net right now. Grab that 935. I'll grab the next one. And that way we're going to play as together as singles and we'll book and we'll book it all as singles. And hopefully they don't get us or maybe we'll get a cart for free out of that. And we have to kind of backtrack and see this kind of the little plan happening amongst golfers especially the regulars, where we, that's it. You cannot book as a single anymore. Well, right now you can in the summertime. In season, you can't book as a single. 
As you know, so so at your club, do you guys do season passes or monthly passes? We have a uh, it's called the Desert Canyon card, and we have a silver mm-hmm. and a gold, and they're basically for discounted golf. And it's like twenty percent okay. off, and then every dollar you spend, you get a point. When you get up to a thousand, when you spend a thousand bucks, you get a thousand points, and that's a free round. So there's different levels. The gold one gets you a free bucket of range balls plus a uh, plus your first round is involved in the payment of that, and they're two hundred bucks to five hundred dollars. That's the difference of them. You get discounts in the golf shop. I think it's twenty percent off all the merchandise. And then uh, a little bit of a discount on the food and beverage inside the restaurant, not off the bev cart. Um, and they last year we we had to put a cap on the silver card, the lower one. We sold so many of them that it was just like, all right, uh, we gotta stop this right now. So it was like Martin just flipped, and that's another thing that having a family on you, we can adjust on the fly at all the time. There's no corporate right. ladder to climb and send right. up the email chain. So he's just like, shit, we're selling too many of these things. And it was just like, okay, there's 25 left. And then people just started buying the gold card, which is in a sense is the same exact thing other than a free, you know, you get your round in there. But that also, along with that, you can, your foursome is booked at the member price, even if they're not members. So there is, you know, we, I guess to answer your question, that's, that's our card, but the little town, you know, where in an area where it's, uh, they think it's the, uh, it's basically like the private of Fountain Hills, you know. So people- how are you, how are you trying to gather that food customer? How are you trying to get the customer to spend more money on food? Like, what are you guys doing? Because like, I'm helping out, like I said, I help the one car out in Carson City. And, and one of the things we've actually kicked around, believe it or not, is, um, doing a food requirement like a private club would for a season pass because these guys that are the joe blows that play it every day that don't participate they get their cart and they move you know they've calculated their round it's six bucks a round per deal to just put some generated revenue into the food and beverage to offset some of the costs because no one really eats there not on purpose just it's you know that club is more like the lower end you know it's the cheapest club in town right so like guys are bringing their own beer they're sneaking it in they're bringing their own food you know you watch guys roll up you know completely off of getting off construction with freaking jimmy john's and subways just sitting on the first tee right and like there's no you know there's not enough people to you know police it Right. Right. One's out there going, all right, whatever. You know, the guy making 12 bucks on the counter is just like, well, he's I'm not going to go tell him that he can't bring that in. Right. So one of the things we're thinking about, I was just curious how you guys are trying to generate the food right now. So in May, uh, the guy that was running our restaurant, he ended up retiring. And so the family took it over. We were leasing right. out that section to him to run it. And uh he did a really good job, and I think there's a really good job. I think he did a nice golf course food, but then he also kind of catered to the town a little bit. And the town is full of blue hairs that love the cheap meal, right? You know, they're all on fixed incomes, um, mm-hmm. so everything matters. So it's never like they wanted 
Um, and I think it's also a generation where they're not looking for that great, mm, that is some quality food. They came from a generation where it's like, fuck, food's food, right? Yeah. So you didn't need anything special. It was a little bit of green stuff on your plate, big chunk of meat, and then something starchy and fucking horrible for you right. uh, at a fair price. So when that happened, they got, you know, we took it over. We really took that menu and it's since May till now, it's, it's really been a trial and error. You know, we're trying the summer out. So we change all the time pairing. We're doing food and wine, food and beer pairings, food and, you know, some sort of margarita on Taco Tuesday. And um, then we do slider Sunday and something on Saturday and thirsty Thursday Philly Friday, both spelled with PHs, pretty ingenious. Uh, Taco Tuesday, Wing Wednesday. So we're trying those things. But the big thing is we're going to make quality food. Everything's going to be freshly made. So when the you know waitress or waiter goes out there and, hey, folks, how you doing? You can take your order, the whole thing. And then part of the spiel is, hey, everything here is freshly made. So expect it to take a smidge longer. We're going to make everything from scratch. Their burgers, they grind the own, their own meat. We're going to, you know, really? the family's German. So now we got brats. We're making brats in house from scratch. Wow. You know, um, so things like that. But the main, you know, as far as your meats, we got pork, beef, and chicken. How many meals can you make out of that? You can make a million. But we have put on our, on the uh, menu, is it's one page now. You know, it's one page. Here's the food. They're very basics. Like anywhere else, you don't go advertising because it'll be a pain in the ass. But here's a secret. He can pretty much make anything you want out of that. You know, even if it's not on the menu, throw a version at him. And I'm sure we can make it just, all right, it might take a second longer. Uh, but then the real, I guess, trial is what you're asking is we're basing a lot of these things for foursomes to buy. Like all your sides are going to be a la carte. So when you get sliders, we can get flights of them that will feed four guys or four ladies, you know, and then the tacos the same way. So you guys can have a lot of shareables. And uh, the burger, for instance, is a monster. The Philly steak is a monster. You absolutely do not need a side with it. And it's not there. One is we're not going to waste the food. You know, we're not going to stop this throwaway of these piles of food or also i mean the fam martin especially i mean he was 300 pounds when i first started working there dude looks like ned flanders now you would never <laughs> i swear to god you would never realize that when he took off that sweater he's ripped he's jacked he puts he put you know he's very health conscious he kind of wants to lean towards that a little it's not and our chef just happens to be gluten-free you know, because he has gluten, he has a legit gluten allergy. He was, again, close to 300 pounds. He's no Ned Flanders, but he's fucking a shadow of himself. And we're trying to create that as well. We're a much healthier, better, fresher option than we used to be. So we're hoping with all of that that we make more money because we're not, we're not throwing away and wasting even though, yeah, the customer did pay for that, but they're getting a better quality. It's the burger right. is the burger is now nine ninety nine instead of or whatever it is twelve ninety nine these days instead of sixteen something with the fries that you're probably gonna chuck, you know, because the burger is 
plenty. They have a fucking breakfast burger right now. So he makes he makes his own bacon. He does it. It's candied bacon. He grounds that inside of the burger. So it's not when you bite into the burger and the fucking bacon piece flies out the backside of the bun, which fucking blows, <laughs> right? right? It's all ground in there. And he does a, a buttered hash brown, crispy as shit on the bottom. A blueberry bacon smear that goes on there. And a fucking medium, over medium egg all holds together. And as soon as we run out of the buns, he's going to start making the buns in house. You know, so, and I mean, my wife ate half of one the other day. And was just like, A, the burger's unbelievable. But two, that was plenty. Plenty <laughs> of food. Like, whereas... You know, typically she make, yep, burger and fries, no problem. But it just happened right. to be one of the ones that Chef right. made for Martin, and we walked into the office and it was sitting. He's like, "Here, have half of that thing," and she's like, "You know, unbelievable." But the idea is right. to not throw away and waste, and I mean, be good stewards, man. We're trying to save everything. We're saving water. We're saving food. Fucking, we're that's how we're trying to be. I guess is. And we're able to, we keep saying, you know, the idea of this single family, we can chuck as much shit at the wall and whatever sticks, we're in. Whatever doesn't, it immediately is changed and gone. So that helps, I think, a ton, is being able to no, absolutely. pivot at any moment. Oh, absolutely, for sure. What's uh, what's going on in the track? As far as the golf course? Yeah. Um, so... Right now. Oh wait, you hired you hired a new guy today, right? Uh yeah, yeah. He showed up, showed up on time. We got a kid that um. I don't know how my assistant met him, but I think he met him on the golf course. Um, not at ours, and another one down towards where they live. And uh, just he's interested, but the key, what I was very keen on is he loves the game of golf, and I think that, you know. I think that helps him not knowing and very honest of, I don't know a single thing about a weed eater, a shovel, a blower. I don't know, but you know, I want to try this. Didn't come in saying he's going to be the best like they all do. And yeah, I know how to do that. Cause I worked at a golf course. No, you don't, you know, you hear all of that. And these days it's very hard unless you're hiring for an upper position, you know, an irrigator or, you know, up to your assistants or mechanics, you're never calling references to see if they really work. It's like, fucking dude's got a heartbeat and, you know, somewhat communicated. Yep, you're in. You know, let's see if he shows up tomorrow. And the key right now is showing up every day. Um, and we'll see. I think he, I mean, today's tough half crew. I'm on the top dresser all day because I'm top dressing fairways right now. You know, mechanics trying to do everything he can, doing some other shit. So there's no eyeballs. My assistant, it was his day off. And uh, it's hard to watch it, you know, to really babysit. But that's that's the key. Yeah, that, might, that might actually be good. The know, key thing for me right. at my, new, my newer guys, because I had another one start not too long ago, I can't emphasize them to en- enough, is I am not going to babysit you. I don't care... What I do not want to see is you sitting there doing nothing, waiting to be told anything. I'm going to teach you enough things that and say to you all the time, like, here is a job that goes on forever. Weed eating. You know, you could run a weed whacker all day, every day. You know, if you got fucking 
250 trees, 300 trees on the golf course and fences and walls and curbs. Everything needs to be weed eated. So you just, as soon as you teach them that, it's like, here's something. If you ever come in and no one is around or the board isn't written on or, you know, a piece of machinery, you're mowing fairways and it breaks, grab the fucking weed eater. I'm never going to say to you, what are you doing? I'm going to be real pissed when you stand in the shop, not asking like, hey, what can I do next? And because no one's around, I'm just going to stand here and wait and wait and wait. And I yelled at one of my guys over the camera the other day, one of the new ones standing in the shop. And I'm like, I wonder where he is. Hmm. Let's load in on the camera. Well, the camera's got a speaker on it. And I just yelled, I don't fucking pay you to stand around and do nothing. Yeah, it was Sunday and he still had 45 minutes to work, but just standing there. And he looked around like, where's Jesus's voice coming from? <laughs> and uh, just kind of walked over and grabbed the, yeah. you know, and yeah. he never said a word to me. He never said, hey, was that you or... Right, Where'd you right. see me from or whatever? But I think he knows now that the eyes are always there, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's getting worse. You know, my daughter, 13 working on the golf course, right? Just does divots, does some bunker raking, but does divots in the morning, four days a week in the summer might do a little bit on the weekends just to make money, but just saw her brother working, wants some money, got working. She had a job the other day. Superintendent said, I want you to go do divots. She goes, okay, where do you want me to start? He said, anywhere. And she's like, what? And he goes, anywhere. You can go anywhere. Just yep. it. Find it. Find it and keep going. And wherever you went, just keep going. Yep. I, I just, for the amount of time you're here, just go. And this mentality, you know, it's so funny you talk about the guy standing around. Superintendent of mine told me a story. He actually had two that were pretty bad. One guy, go out and play his golf course. He wanted me to, he wanted me to go out there and play it. And shockingly, I said, okay, you know, with my, you know, all I do is go play golf. But you know, he he uh, he says, "I right, go play." And then so he goes, "Hey, I got a new guy hand watering on ten. Let me know how he's doing." And so I go up there, and my ball kind of goes by his hose, and he immediately like walks back to his cart. I come up and say, "Hey, how are you doing?" He goes, "Good." He goes, "I'll move that hose in a second. Just give me a minute." And he goes over and stands by his cart, and he's just on his phone. I don't know what he's doing, but he's just standing there on his phone. And so I went, don't worry, man, I'll get that hose. He goes, oh, okay, thanks. So I moved the hose for him, right, and, like, everything. And then he, like, you know, proceeded to, like, say thank you and everything. I'm just like, have a good day. And I told Mike, and, I, you know, that was, like, the last straw for him. He ended up getting fired two days later. Then another guy's kid, one of the guys that Mike's had for a while, his kid's working for him. And Mike goes in the shop one day, looks around, smells weed. Nice. And he's like okay, who's smoking weed? Like, I, you know, I don't care if you smoke weed, but I care if you smoke weed at work. Like, what's right, going yeah. on? We're not doing this. And so he goes over and he's helping, the, this kid's helping him with a prop at the lake. Just like getting some water movement. There's some stagnant water. So he's helping him with a hose and just kind of getting some stuff moving. And and Mike goes over and he smells like weed. Mike's like, well, I got it. I, I pretty much know it's this guy. And he goes, hey, man, did you smoke weed in the shop? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, do you have weed on you right now? And he goes, yeah, it's in my pocket. Do you want me to put it in my truck? And Mike's like, I don't want you to bring it at all. Like, why is it here? You know, and he's just, the kids is like, would you like me to put it in my truck? Like, I don't know. And he's like, just because it's legal doesn't mean you can smoke it on the golf course. The, the way these guys are now are just like, it's okay. It's because like, their, fa the their father, they're not afraid of their father. 
No, none of them were afraid of. Yeah, none of them were afraid of their fucking father. Their father would have fucking whacked them. And you know what? They never had. They never got fucking whacked. Or they never had that fear. Because my father never fucking whacked me. My mother whacked the shit out of me with a wooden spoon a handful of times. But we, I'm sure we deserved it. You know, it's not like they fucking beat us. But there was a sense of fear of if I fuck up, this is this fucking sucks, right? There's a consequence, not. I'm going to get something taken away. You know, I never had things taken away. I never had this, you know, oh, go to your room. Because it was like, go to to your room, you know, is go sit in the corner. That wasn't it. It was the real smack, ow, that hurt. You know, something that you can really relate to. So, you know, Mm -hmm. because go to your room means go fucking hang out and play video games or you know you there's so many things you could find as a child in your room that is not a consequence right and we didn't even have computers and ipads and all the other bullshit we might have had an atari system but still that wasn't the way and now i think they're just being taught to that they might just go to their room you know there is no consequence a legit consequence and there's no fear of Holy shit, you know, how many, how many of your dad's friend, how many of your buddy's dads were you afraid of? A shitload, I hope. I you think, know, I not think afraid of, but sure. uh, not afraid of, but you, tr- you treated them like if you were staying over their house, that dude was your dad for that night, pretty much. You know what I mean? And I don't think there is that. I, that's what I kind of see now. What did you just see? I saw your oh, reaction me? on something. Yeah. Oh, two of the two of the parents were oh. flipping me off, wanting oh. to know why I was in my truck. But uh, but um, no, I, I I think I was afraid of a couple. But yeah, no, there's and then you know like I can remember my brother's friends. I got a brother that was nine years older, right? So like I can remember when I was ten, they were you know eighteen, nineteen. I remember my brother's friends. If I got out of line with them. They yeah. would beat the shit out mm-hmm. of me. You know what I mean? They were on me like, you better watch out, right? Yeah. So, and I was petrified of my dad. I agree with you. Like, I never got beat, but I it was right around the corner. Right. And it was it was known. You better not, you know, when I got like a bad grade, I'd, I'd hide it from, you know. I For as long as you could. That. For as oh long as you God. could. Oh, I was over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what, want to play that game. In our day, though, we could almost do it. <laughs> Now, you know, now it's like fucking all they got to do is get on some app and they see your fucking D and you're like, fuck, you know, you're going to face that music no matter what. My wife's the worst right now. She'll, you know, find my iPhone app for the kids. It's like, that's like death for them. Mm. My wife will just look at it. Where are you? (laughs) What are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know exactly where they are. I got buddies whose wives do that. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like, I Jesus Christ. No, absolutely not. And it's, it's not like I'm not here to hide anything, but Jesus, right. I mean, like you can't, tr- you, we got married. Like, you know, <laughs> there's no trust there. You know, that's right. a weird, exactly. I would have, and I know that she would be the same way is if I was snooping around on what she was doing with, out with the girls, it would just be like, no, no, there's, if there's no trust, then what the fuck are we doing? Right. Exactly. Hey, but, at this point, uh, so this beer review, let's cut into this, right? Oh, shit. So, so you ended up sending me or bringing down from me uh, from Abel Barker Brewing Company in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, I know you picked this. You didn't even look at what it was. It was simply out of the can. It's called Duck You 
in the in the haze you rode in on. <laughs> and it's a middle finger with like a you know those little uh finger condom. Yeah, the little well it's a, like a little <laughs> finger condom like right. that you see it in waiters and waitresses or bartenders that right. cut their finger or the lady that counting your money at the bank and it's just a duck so it's a flipping me off. Uh obviously it's an hazy IPA. I don't see Oh, here we are. 7% alcohol, 65 IBUs. It's a non-coast Indian pale ale. Uh, it was all purchased for the can. There was no look at IBU. There was no look at anything. It was can-worthy, and it got purchased. All right. I'm going to be honest with you. It sucks. I w- no, I want it colder. And it's part of my problem okay. is that I took them. I had a uh, beer I was drinking before that I'll hold off for another time. It was just a nice little warm up. But uh, I brought it in here into the office and it probably sat here for the now 55 minutes we've been recording. It's very, very smooth. It's not as hazy and chunky as I think a hazy IPA would be i'd love to see what it, it just seeing it kind of come out of the top here doesn't look like dirty dishwater i, was gonna I think say, it's don't really it in a glass no see i think it's really smooth it's Good. a par beer for sure okay. it's a hazy you know right. it's the fucking ghana bobsled team uh it's it is you know it's just good you know it's good but it's not great it's a they all start like we keep saying the hazies are all starting to taste the same it's a very popular thing right now so every brewery's just pumping them out um but no i think this is a good beer and the can is the can is pretty good so so driving here i always drive and and because i got some municipalities in the middle of the state i go see and there's a there's a city in the middle of nevada called tonopah and it's a, you know, just a standard miner type old gold there's, mine. There's town, nothing, right? there's it's nothing, there. there's nothing standard about Tonopah. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's, where the, it's where the hills have eyes. Uh, yes. Built, right? Yes. Like, skipping, right? Like, I'll think, the, the, the town's got donkeys just roaming through it, mm-hmm. right? Like random, nobody's donkeys, just wild animals. But they have a brewery there. And I've been, every time I've gone by there, it's been when it's closed. And I'm dying to get that for you. So the next time, when you come up for the Jingweed's Invitational, I'm going to have that for you. You're nice. going to have to put it in the hotel fridge to try it. But it's going to be, I've been trying, I just can assume that it's like in one of those growlers or it's in like a freaking, you remember the old like Chablis jug? Yeah. I'm really hoping it's in that Chablis <laughs> yeah. jug with a tap that's like nylon. Like yeah. you can't even like put it down. There's no like. You open it, you hear the sound. It just—it's open. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's sixty-four ounces of open. Right. Yeah. Right. No, so this I'm is a good. This that. I think this is a really good beer. It's it's pretty smooth for six. I mean, sixty-five IBUs is not very is bitter. Um, or maybe I'm just growing to drink bitter beers, but uh, I think it's really smooth. And like I said, if this thing was ice cold. I think it's a little bit of a game changer. And I'm not My sure it job. gets up into the birdie range, but it's a then it's just an easy that's an easy par. It, it's an up and down par if it's really mm-hmm. cold. It's a tough over a bunker up and down par. Yeah. Or a big old long par four. Long one where you gotta hit 
that fucking snappy draw five iron that I ripped into that fucking green yesterday. Oh, motherfucker. That was a, that was a good shot. Missed the putt, yeah. though. Piece of shit came up four inches short because I don't know how to putt. The only real birdie chance we had that even sniffed it was the kid's two and a half putter. <laughs> no, he they rammed in there. <laughs> it was on the last hole, too. Last of our holes. Well, and it wouldn't have held up, but I just joked to him because I was like, he had left the same thing, left it short all day. Mm-hmm. So he's got this, and he goes, I'm going to put it right to the stick and hit it hard, right? Stick in, go. And it got to the right edge and it had way too much velocity and lipped out. And your reaction from me was so <laughs> you just looked over like, holy shit, he missed it. <laughs> you know, like it was one of those like, yeah. I can't believe he missed it. Yeah, he did crush it too because he had a much, I mean, where it stopped, he had a much longer putt coming back because it just whipped around the back, the rim. That, that putt, that putt was the penalty shot where the guy doesn't even hit anything. He air mails the whole goal. Yeah. Right? It's the penalty shot that misses everything. Doesn't even clang the iron. Yeah, no. And his hands are right in his head. Like, I can't believe I just muffed yep. that. <laughs> uh, how old is he again? He's 15. He's... And he's he's taking golf very seriously. Um, oh, no, you can really see good. it. You can definitely see good. it. It's been good. He, he's taken lessons. He likes golf. He, he made... Um, you two fucks look like Daly and his kid out there. You know what? You know what? He you have to that. hear that all the time. But the dressing, the no, and all I see is the the way you two dress. Like it's that whole oh. scene. You guys oh. own it. You own it. And no, I have no, nothing no. problem. You have to normally do that. Well, just to show you, look. So you've got the flower shirt, right? Today, yeah. the flower shorts. Whoa. Are matching. And that is so I look like just the flower man right now. Is that how you played? No, oh. I played with worse than this. I'll show you the pants I wore that was worse than that. I'll probably bring them out for the jingle. But you know what's funny about him is he doesn't normally do that. Oh, really? He's normally pretty, you know, pretty tame. But he saw Dad's pants one day and thought, oh, this would be kind of some cool shorts, so he sported it. And then Mom had to give him the pink shirt. Yeah. And then, he, yeah, he just kind of went with it. But, you know, his... He he was doing good. He made he made varsity as a freshman, and he's 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 having fun. He's enjoy- and He takes it really serious. No, all, he definitely does. Definitely takes it year, serious. He is like playing well, trying to get past. You know, his best rounds is seventy six. You know, he's there, right? He just the biggest problem with him right now is getting out of his own head, and yeah. you can see it. Yep. I said to and, Mike at one point, who you know, Mike McDonald works with Simpson right. Norton. We were playing with. And at one point, I just turned to him and I said, you know, the big difference is, and I remember being like that when I was probably a little bit older than he is, but for sure when I was his age, and it carried on until I was probably, I guess I quit golf around 18 or 19, started mountain biking. Then when I moved out here, I really picked it back up again at like 25, 26. So there was a stretch I didn't play it at all. One, because the family membership ran out at the local uh golf course and now right. Matt, maddie had to pay well i wasn't gonna pay anymore you know and what really right. that's the perk of working in this industry is maddie Absolutely. don't pay for golf anymore Absolutely. maddie hands 40 dollars over to his friends every week at a skins game but sometimes you win some sometimes you lose some but anyways right. is the amount he he almost internally abuses himself on the littlest things the littlest things get rid of what just happened it's on to the next one it's on to the next in in expecting perfection at the level that he's at is just asking too much it's it's 
It's the golf course superintendent that continues to complain about the little fucking spots. You know, whereas, you know, take take some pride in all the many good things that happened today. Forget about those little ones. Let's run and keep working on. And that's kind of changed the way, you know, my game has gone in the past three years, two years is it's drastically changed. One is because I've put a fucking ton of work into it. But two is stop. Once that's over, that shot, it's a fuck. That sucked. But all right, I, I'm in the position I'm in, so we've got to figure it out from here. And don't get yeah, so down the, on that shot, yeah. you know? Yeah, the three, the three things we're working on are I'm trying to help him through. And not that I have any kind of better... You know, mentality, but the th- the three things we're working on are yeah, do as I um, say, not as I do. Oh, absolutely! But the three things we're working on, for the most part, are okay. You hit a bad shot, right? How are we going to limit the damage, right? Okay, you're in the crap, right? Are we chipping back out? Do, can we think we can advance it a little bit? What's the lie? Where are we? We're not getting away with anything less than a double bogey or a mm-hmm. bogey. We've already. We already acknowledge that par is a miracle score, and and we're not going to make a seven or an eight or a nine. His famous thing is having twelve pars in a row and throwing a nine, yeah. and it's just like we can't throw up a nine. Right. We can't just compound the problem. The other couple things he's done that's done well that you noticed and you actually mentioned it was the course management side, yeah. right? Of like it's okay to hit a seven iron on a three hundred twenty yard par four yep. because you're going to have a seven iron in and you'll be able to hit it. Yep. So that's it, and exactly what you said, yep. getting off. That yeah. bad find um, and, and I, find I, your I, favorite I, spots you know your favorite yeah, spots I, to I, be in yeah and i think i think the favorite i think the um the part about getting bad about your shot i honestly just think like you said when you're 18 you got over i think that's more of just a just a getting mature right thing you just there's nothing you can do there's nothing mm-hmm. i can do to teach him to say mm-hmm. you know get over that shot but the course management side we can and the limit the damage right okay reassess where are we what are we doing so he, he enjoys the heck out of the game. He enjoys going out there. He's working mm-hmm. on golf course. He's playing every day. He's working with a you know PGA pro for a lesson. That yeah, that I had asked him on. I had asked him on one of the holes because I could see certainly what was happening. You know, right. I could see he was out with dad and his buddies, and I'm trying to. He's at that age. Is like he's yeah. you know getting a little hair on the boys and I'm going to fucking hang with these guys. Right. And you could see him pressuring himself into that spot. And it was like, listen, dude, you can hit it. You're not going to hit it as far as me, but you're right there with me. You know, it's, we're splitting hairs. Stop trying to get it out further than us. That's, it's only compounding your problem. You're a better player than I am. Just stop fucking yourself, right? (laughs) And then, you know, and then I didn't want to step on any toes because I had figured that he was working with somebody, but I could definitely see things, what were causing it. However, he got taught certain things. So I had, and I said, hey, you open to a couple suggestions. And when I did suggest a few things, most of it, him and the the pro have talked about. One or two of them he never thought of, you know, and... And it's, I wasn't teaching him anything new. I was teaching him something different. And I always say that when I tell people how to, because I think I feel I can tell somebody how to play golf or make things in their head. And a lot of things I could, as far as sports go, way better than I can actually do them. You know, I can almost analyze the golf swing and see where the problem is way more than I could actually step up there and actually hit one dead straight because this is the reason that I did 
but there was a few things, but he's very open to that. You know, he seemed very like, okay, I'm going to, whether I think it's right or wrong, I understand what you're saying. He sees what I tried to tell him to do. And yeah, so being we, being able to be receptive to a few things, yeah. it might just put a little thought in your head, or it might not, or it's, hey, you're, that seems crazy, but then you tell it to him just a little bit different. Same concept, just a different way of thinking about it, and those that, that clicked. Like, yeah. helping Mike, Mike's come a long way in the past year. You know, right. and his, it's a lot of hitting balls, but a lot of thought process. You know, and there's a few times I just finally, I said to him, remember the few things that we talked about last time is right. sit in right. that back pocket. You know, when you're right. standing over your drive, don't, right. don't sway, keep the, the right. swing. And the new one is right. squeeze the A's, you know, pinch your boobies together just a little bit. And that keeps it a little bit more compact swing and you can't get your, you can't get outside you know, get the chicken right. wing on the backswing right. and get that backswing right. way too big. And you compact it down a little, just like a baseball swing. And yeah. all of a sudden the power comes from the legs and your hips. And it, one of the two one of the two things that also we're working on, or not we, but he is that he's doing good, is we have one guy who we know in town that played college golf that will play golf with him anytime. And he gives them the mentality of like how to set up, like what to think about as you're going through the round. Like, and so he plays with them. So it's not a playing lesson more than it is like playing golf course management. Mm -hmm. And that's helped him a lot and how to record things and what he does and then like how to practice. And then the guy who's given him a lesson has actually talked to him about um, doing a in playing lesson. And I've already told him you need to do it. Yeah. Just play. Guy. Let him see what that guy's thinking yeah. and like help you and just, the biggest problem is he's 15 fucking years old. Just shut up and listen. Yes. Right. That's it. And he does, but he just, you know, he's, you know, like you said, he's trying to impress or do whatever. And you know, I got some boys coming to town next week. He's going to play with us one time. And I already know the round's going to be just, you know, atrocious. Cause he's going to be like, watch this. Here I go. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Just try to get out of his own way. But by the sixth or seventh hole, he's going to just like he did yesterday is he, okay, settle down. E right. settle right. down. You're not, right. Right. you're not impressing me, you know, cause right. I'm not here to impress you. You know, right. as right. far as I can consider you, you're one of us today. Today, yep. you're just going to hang out and we're going to play golf. And that's it. He's if, a great. Yeah. He's a great keeper at Red Hawk Golf Club that came and played in the Hack Attack, right? right. I mean, it might not be in Arizona, but that's, no, that's how I look. No, exactly. Too. And, you know, hopefully yeah. met some of the guys and just and, and being able to just kind of be around it in that atmosphere is the, you know, it's definitely different. Skins game. Skins golf is different, different golf. And it so, would have been funny so, to watch him actually play it as a skins game. Just he yeah. would have snapped. He would have snapped clubs. <laughs> you know, he would have. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the other things I wanted to get while we we're on the pod, I wanted to get your take is because I know you'll have an interesting one. Is what is your take lately on live golf? I love it. I I love the fact that it's um it's causing uproar. Anything that will put a little bit of fucking britches in a bunch, I love. Put people in uncomfortable situations. I really like to watch these people. How pe certain people are reacting to it is a little bit shitty. Dude, I wish the guys would say, it's about the money. Simply. It's about the money. I'm going to play half the golf or less than half well, the did golf. You, did you think, and I'm gonna, did you 
Charles Howell's latest one where he said it wasn't about the money. He idolized Norman and he wanted to play for Norman. And he was, you know, some of these guys, I think, do that, you know, to that extent. I think, look, I mean, I think it's about the money. Obviously, Hendrick Stenson going over there is about the money. My my only concern about it is, you know, when you and whether this is live golf's theory or not is not, you know, we could debate this all day long. But the original idea was we're going to play less events. We're going to make more money. There's no cuts. Right? Shorter, we get more time with our family. Now they announced that they're going to go to 14 tournaments and a total of 20 that they have to play in and 25 total. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the tour, the tour is 15 with whatever they have total. So, like, yeah. the only thing I don't like is that. Like, the, you, you, you said one thing, and now you're kind of going against you. Not, not because whatever, you just want to grow the game or grow your league. You haven't even finished a year to see how it's worked, and you're already making changes for 2023. To me, that seems like a little bit of a grasp. Don't get me wrong. I think the whole money thing is 100%. Look, if they're looking for a superintendent, you're going. I'm, I'm, if I'm in. Looking, and if they're looking, you know, I got my invite for Liv to play for $15 a year. I turned it down. But my point is, is like if somebody calls me for that kind of money, I'm going. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm going. But then you look at like some of the other guys that started to help their league, right? That were not the big names, right? That now don't can't play in it because they don't get invited and stuff. I, there, there's things that kind of irk me about the way that it's being done. I don't, I don't get upset about the actual money. I think anytime anybody throws that kind of money on you and it's generational changing money, you you you'd be dumb not to take it. The guys like Charles Howard the Third, he's not winning another major. Right? He's not going to go win a major. He knows it, right? Bubba Watson's probably past his prime. All these guys are past their prime, except for maybe Bryson, Dustin, and maybe a couple other guys. But most of them aren't really competing with this. So for these guys to throw them money and they can start the league, absolutely hats off. I, I appreciate it. My only other thing is, if you're going to go, right, and you're going to leave, then you can't bitch about the ramifications of everything else because you took the money. You took the money, so you can't. You, like, so, you, you so hold on, hold on. Like, what? Yeah, get to the what ram? What are the ramifications that you can't play in like the Masters? You can't, the play, can't yeah. play. Good. That's you know what? Fine. I am loaded. You know I, that's what I want these guys, these guys to sit guys there and be like, I am loaded. It. That's my issue. Some of these guys are complaining about not being able to play on the European tour, not being able to play on this. To me, you took the money, right? You went there. This is now your tour. You have to you have to be prepared. If you Matt were to all of a sudden say, I'm gonna take the job at Whisper Rock and I'm gonna tell Martin, screw you, I'm out, I'm done, I don't want to be here anymore, I'm out. I'm gonna take five hundred thousand dollars to be the superintendent of Whisper Rock. Here I am. Boom. And it doesn't work out in two months. And you go back and you go to Martin and go, Hey man, it didn't work out. And Martin says, F you, you left me high and dry. That was a decision you made. Correct. But did they were going to pay me $500,000 a year. They didn't give me $25 million. And that's, no. I'm trying to gauge of like what's $150 million to a pro golfer to $50 million for a superintendent to jump ship. And then if I just show up, I'm getting paid crazy handsome, handsomely. Right. Um, right. My, a couple issues. Do you think over time? a lot of this ramification you're kicked off the tour starts to change. Absolutely. This company has $600 billion to invest in this tour. Not that it's made, this is what they have 
to invest yeah. in this yeah. tour. They're going to go, right. I mean, look at, they, they're obviously going to get a TV deal or they're going to stick it on UV, yeah. YouTube TV. They, they went and they're going to go after Barkley. They got Faraday. Um, they're going to get these people. They're going to create this, this whole thing. There's a lot of money behind it that I think there's so much money behind it. It's not just going to go away. They're going to no, find no. 18 whole golf courses that are going to host them. Some of them are fucking going to be goat ranches. But then there's $600 billion that over the years, you know, okay, they're going to go to the Bolton in Massachusetts, right? I have, It was the place back when I still lived there. I've heard right. that it's not what it used to be, right? Well, if this becomes a stop on the tour, on the live tour... Now they get their yearly agronomist going in there and they start changing it. So in five years, the Invitational at Bolton, Massachusetts is now back to what it originally maybe was and is a badass golf course, you know, and but, all this but, stuff starts taking over. Yes, the in, the, I think the invitation only to the tour is going to be their problem is they're going to invite too many. Apparently, there's going to have a they're going to have a relegation where the right. bottom four gonna, people are gonna out. Have, yeah, and yeah. then they have to but, play but their way back in. My, my problem is like the Sergio Garcias who sit there and go, "I'm going to live. I don't want to play on the European tour anymore." I, yeah. I'm, I'm just making a statement, right? Like you, you go that way. You can't come back and go, "Why won't you let me play on the European tour?" Right? Like if you've made that decision. You're done. You've made that decision, and you have to be prepared for the ramifications of not being able to come back on the tour. I don't. Again, we're all gonna chase the money. Well, we would all take the money all day long, but you can't cry over it that they won't let you go. If you're a Masters winner, you're supposed to be able to be at the Masters all the time, right? The U.S. Open, the British, the 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 uh, PGA, right? That's all different, you know. So that's all fine on the major side. I think the majors are different, but to sit there and be like. Yeah, I don't want to play on your tour anymore. I want to go over here where they're going to make money. Oh, and by the way, when it because I want to go over there and make money, and I want to play in less events, I want to play in less rounds, I want to do this. Oh, by the way, it's off this week. I want to come back on the tour to play in this. That's where I have the problem. All right. You're done. So your problem is not with the live tour. It's with the players going to the live tour. My problem is the players... Yes. Okay. Uh, my You're... problem is the players going to the live tour and then wanting to go back and forth. I, I just don't think if you're an independent contractor, right? If the person, if the, if you're a painter and you go to this one house and they don't want you there anymore, you don't have that job whether right. you painted for or not. You're, you're done. You're, you're out. Like you've yeah. already made the decision to, to give up the work. So like, you know, that, that's my thing. I think the, I think the way that they, um, I think they. I think most of the guys. I think you would agree. You look at most of those guys that have gone; they're either past their prime or not at the top of their game. There's some. There's probably five to ten. Yeah. But most of them are are towards the back end of their career. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think I think the live tour is going to have a hard time if they don't get those other names. Well, we already know that they're coming, and I think and lo and behold this week was when they announced this relegation you know what that relegation is made for get those fucking bottom feeders off of this tour we have we need room for the next group the group right. that so, may be the next few that are in the top 25 in the world that right. are going to go there and play you know the right. chatter of cam smith going there i do 
think as far as a PGA, I mean, the PGA tour finds us as, as much as they sit there and want to bitch and complain. They also, I think, need to come out and say, hey, you know what? This is a threat. We feel threatened by this league because here we're changing. Now, lo and behold, purses are bigger. Out of nowhere, poof, they've been fighting for it forever. That's part of the reason why the Live Tour started is because the, the tour play has been asking for bigger purses, right? Soon as somebody came along and started offering up bigger purses, oh, we got bigger purses. Oh, we're going to put in more team games. Oh, we're going to do this. Oh, we're going to have a fucking, you know, a uh, NASCAR champions race at the end of the year that's only going to be a certain amount of people that can and able right. to get in. Right. But it also, like people, I don't, Maybe I'm kind of stretching the list a little bit further, but like guys like Cameron Champ. Okay, Dustin Johnson got out of the way. Patrick Reed got out of the way. Bubba Watson's now out of my way. Now I'm second place. You know, I can play in this league with a few more of these guys gone. And he's a great personality, I think, for the league, for the tour. Look at, look at, the, look at the one that just won last week, Tony Finau. Right. He's only got three pins, right? Yeah. He played great. You know, like he's another candidate, and yeah, he, and I agree. With he you. fucking I, beat I, I, he he showed up yesterday at Achin fucking Southern Dunes and beat a bunch <laughs> of fucking us. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he did. He I will back. say he did exactly what he should have done. He was right. Hand, he was far and above the most dominant player as far as on the stats and everything. He should right. have won, and he did. Right. So I will say that yes, that's a good so thing. Let's but. say let's say more people get in, right? So so let's put this scenario in. Let's say more people get in. Let's say the Cam Smiths get in, the Hideki Matsuyamas. We get some more, right? You get some bigger names and bigger names and bigger names. So now the ones that went originally, the Kevin Na, the Taylor Gooch, what if they get kicked off because they're not playing well? And then they want to come back to the PGA Tour. They, I, I feel personally, you shouldn't, you know, you said F you to them. You should be able to, you know, that's, that's the tour's decision to bring you back. Okay, but what if they started at ground zero again, went through Q school, and got back in? Then that's then as long as they're following the rules, I think that's good. I think, and, and you know what? The other thing I was thinking about is I don't think, you know, obviously there's a qualifier for the U.S. Open, right? Um, British Open, I think there's a Monday qualifier, if I remember right. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not sure. They do something, something to that effect. Obviously, Masters is an invite, and the PGA is. God, there's a qualifier for that. I, I mean, if you go through the ramifications and the PGA allows you to, there. But if you're, but if you, but if you've f the, sta- I don't know how the status part works with this, right? Yeah. And we're talking about majors, but I'm talking about just general golf tournaments. I mean, like this Bryson DeChambeau go. You know what? I'm just gonna play on the Monday qualifier for the John Deere Classic and see if I can get in on my own. You know, like I don't know. You know, you know, neither do I, but I don't think that's, you know, and that goes back to back to the player, not the tour back to the player is they need to start coming out and say, yes, this is all for the money. But I'm sure there's something in the live contract that says, hey, if if you're going to say that, then you're not invited. You know, that's the other thing. You don't want to be not invited to something, you know, or just whacked off the list. Did you see the other part that the team is going to be configured as like a, um, like a, uh, like a franchise and you're going to have like 
money and you know they're gonna have like percentages it's crazy but you know what the best part about it is is this little fucking piece of shit podcast that has fucking 25 listeners is talking about this is talking about the game is talking about the next step you know it does give the opportunity to guys that maybe just aren't quite there yet and they're grinding on the corn ferry maybe they're a personality because that's what they're definitely going to be looking for you know at some point if you're a fucking bryson a whack job and then you get eyeballs every time they're gonna come and invite you you might not be a top 25 but if you might snap a fucking club here and there patrick mm-hmm. reed you're being invited improve you know? your lot patrick reed huh you know I, yeah you know but that's kind of they're also trying yeah. to grow the game the way that I think a lot of us see it needed to be grown is get that snooty hoity toity out of it. Pump the music. Right. Let's have some fun. Um I think if they're running it the way that say the Desert Canyon is, you know, they don't they're not answering to anybody right now. So right. their ability to pivot and change at any point is that's how it's going to be. There's I mean there's governing rules and laws I'm sure within their tour, but that doesn't mean that they can't fucking back, you know, let's delete that line and write in a new one. I think right. all of it is such a good thing because you know what we're never talking about the fucking corn fairy tour. Never. <laughs> never. Right. Who gives a right. shit about it? It's a bunch of fucking dudes trying to hack their way onto the big show. We hear right. about the ones, you know, Zalatoris comes off the live tour and shows up his first tournament and gets second place or whatever it did. You know, and he looks like the caddy from Happy Gilmore. And then great. I'm so glad he is performing at that level to keep his ass there. But the tour made him, or at least not, not the PGA tour, but the way that we all looked at it in social media and everybody that's involved in staring at the game of golf was looking at this kid as a fucking joke the first tournament he played. So he ought to be standing at the end of the fucking tee box every day with his middle finger in the air saying, duck you from Abel Barker Brewing Company in fucking Las Vegas. Fuck you. I'm a golfer. I'm just not a kid that's got a weird haircut and looks just like Happy Gilmore's fucking caddy. I'm a fucking legit golfer, but you guys all tried to shit on me a little right. bit. You know, so you know who's the fuck? asshole here? Yeah, you know what Liv kind of reminds me of, and you're old enough to remember this, but do you remember the USFL when mm-hmm. they came out? Right, and so they got Jim Kelly, yeah. Herschel Walker, Doug Flutie, right? and, and they were pay- paying money. Right, we're gonna start this new league. Look, we're giving you these huge signing yeah. busts. Sometimes it didn't work out. Right, and the and the NFL said, okay, we'll take you back because we didn't have you. Yeah, but the USFL had Donald Trump money. It didn't have six hundred billion dollars of oh, no, no, fuck no. But I, you I money. See the, I see the similarity of like we're gonna take these guys because we're gonna throw money at it, right? And, and yeah. the thing, question just becomes like you don't ever remember who won the first USFL championship. No. The question is when is live and it's gonna take time. But what are the live majors? What are the you know where where is that? Where is the care of the of the of the you know? It takes time, right, to have that happen. You're just gonna all of a sudden go, hey, the one in Pumpkin Ridge is the one that's gonna be the first major, or the one at Freaking, you know, whatever. At, at Bolton in, in Massachusetts is the first, second major, but that's where I think it's it's difficult too. You've got so much history in the game, but I do agree with you. I think you make a good point about it's not the hoity-toity country club atmosphere. It needs to be more the everyday man. I think this this is built for 
people of your son's generation. Right. That's where, you know, they're going to grab a couple weekend warriors like, you know, most golfers and they're going to like it, but it's give it time. It's the issue with, I see it is it's not going away. It's not, mm-hmm. it's only begun with two tournaments in now number three. And I think it's a, I just think it's a good thing. Not that I love the tour. I just think it's good for golf. You know, we, yeah, no, we got to keep on that. growing this and, you know, it depends on what side of the, you know, the Twitter page you read to see how people feel about it. You know, I'm sure you're not following half of the guys that are really like seeing this as a legit business opportunity and, you know, however their sponsorships are working and the other bullshit about like the, oh, they're playing for the Saudis and this civil rights and all this other bullshit. Shut the fuck up and look out your front door and look at the civil right issues you have right here. Okay, yeah, let's stop. So stop that. Okay, the people that it's that you see saying shit like that, just shut shut up. You're not. I don't see you running for office. I see. I don't see you picketing anywhere. You sit in your arm. You're an armchair bitch, and all you do mm-hmm. is you stare at the fucking TV and you bitch. And whatever mm-hmm. comes across it, you believe it. You open up the newspaper and you see that Arizona is fucking golf courses are wasting all this goddamn water, and you just believe it. You've never dug into a goddamn thing. So stop that. I think as far as people, us in this industry, anything that can do and create chatter about the game, following in all sorts of different directions, creating maybe something new. Look at how many clubs, how many clubs that I know that you visited over the years have changed their model to... Hey, let's put music into the fucking carts on the GPS. Absolutely. Hey, let's let them all fucking pump radios. You know, hey, let's have music, those little speakers that look like rocks out by the driving range, creating a good time. You know, the atmosphere that we're creating at the canyon, as far as like the restaurant, we're going to put in the new bar. It's a whole nother feeling of that old, privileged, rich fucking big. Right. You know, right. where I, I belong here and none of you are can right. come and then all right. of a sudden when the money ran out it was like oh how do we get them all here let's fucking pizza and beer them to death and right. not charge right. them shit for golf Bush, bushwood country club right, right. you know it's, it's bushwood right you know it's uh i think it's all very good for the growth and the continuation of golf i think i think the chatterbox is 100 percent good there's no doubt about that yeah the more you can talk about it the more it'll grow the game and do what we yeah. need to do but as so. far as to back to where you asked the question, I think it's good. But the golfer and the people whining, I mean, they're pro golfers. They're part of that privileged end. They grew up privileged. They, you know, they had a silver spoon hanging out of their fucking ass. Most of them, you know, most of them have. Not the many one, of them the, have ground, the, grinded it out the from the that, end. The other one that blew me away was that 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 thing that they had that promo where they talked about Faraday joining and all the live golfers kind of making a comment. I don't know if you saw that promos like a three minute promo no. and it's basically like they're trying to announce a new golfer and they announce that it's Faraday. And then all these golfers are like, Oh my God, you know, like it's you, you know, we've dealt with you here and there. And then the last golfer is Phil Mickelson in the R- Rwanda with gorillas and a mask on. And it was just so odd. It was like, I'll tell you what, that's something you need to talk about the pod. How has Phil dropped off the... I mean, I w- he has 
He has gone off the deep end. He comes with a five o'clock shadow and the freaking happy, you know, happy days, freaking leather jacket. And just like, here we go. I was just going to say the one that is kind of shocking and it's, it's sad to see how it's, how he's basically taken it right. No one asked you to set yourself up like this. No one asked you to go and gamble so much fucking money away that Callaway had to come and fucking save your ass. No one, you know, has put you in this position. You were, you were so likable. You were beyond loaded. Are you still like, if you laid him down on the leather couch, would he still be so pissed off that there was a guy, Tiger Woods that got in his way at the right time? You know, (laughs) you know, is, is it still part of that? You know, is it all coming out now that you're 50 years old? But man, what a fucking fall from grace! And Absolutely. who cares if you join the tour? It's how you've tr- how you've treated all of this, you know, from what a year and a half ago is when it all started to spin down. You know, who knows what his real internal problems are, or if he maybe he's got family issues. I have no fucking idea what the deal is. But guys like that have been in the spotlight for that long. <laughs> should know how to handle that stuff. You know, know how to keep it out of the limelight. If you're running into real issues behind closed doors, you know, because we all don't know what their real life is like. We wish to believe that we want to, but we're living in fantasy world. How we, oh, I would, if I had that much money, I'd be this way. If I had that much money, I'd be the even fucking bigger asshole than I am. You know, and I'm, I'm okay with saying that. You know, I'd walk around. If I won Powerball right now, what is it, $700 million? No, 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 no. Oh, mega millions? 1.1 billion. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fuck you. That's duck you money from Abel Barker fucking brewing company. That is duck you money, right? I, it's going to change your world. And I didn't, I could care less what people think of what goes on inside my doors, but it's, uh, I think that's there's an issue there. And unfortunately, and I don't care to ever find out what it is, but man, watching it play out right in front of our eyes is it's it's kind of sad. It, it you know, cuz he's going to be even forgotten about. What a year ago, right? It was a year ago he won the PGA at yeah. 50. Yep. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad and then it's all fallen off and then the way that it's like what are you I mean, was that part of the $200 million to fucking make sure that you all had to look like scrubs and fucking grow facial hair and look like assholes with a 1987 leather jacket on? You know, it's, <laughs> I mean, what, I, who knows? Was that part of it? You know, let's, hey, change your whole mentality. Was that, that Hulk Hogan going to the NWO and fucking dyeing your mustache or your beard black and your mustache stays, right. still as blonde right. as ever? You know, what is that? Maybe that is part of it. And yet... He's got to sit here while we all chuck darts at him. And he yeah. just eats it up for two, another 200 milli. Fuck mm-hmm. you all. Who cares? Just come out yeah. and say that. I would so much respect him and fucking aye, aye, Captain, if he was just like, you well, know I what? think Pat, Pat Perez did it. You know, he said, hey, man, I've been grinding for this many years. This is easier on me. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then you hear, and, you know, and he's, yeah, and he's taking a lot of heat for that. You know, I have... Yeah, I know he, personally know right way. I know right. I personally know people that are just like that fucking Pat Perez guy. That fucking Pete. oh fuck oh. oh shut up. You know anybody yeah. that says that it's yeah. like oh really you wouldn't play on the tour for fucking twenty five years and make t- 
tons of money just uh, yeah he's grind he's been grinding look, what has he won two Matt, tournaments let, in his let, career let's do it right now you be the soup i'll be the one provides you the product we'll come up with a number we'll call norman we'll get it done right now like hey, you and i i'm in and i'll be the biggest mouth to these people i'll fucking pump the whole wheels off this goddamn thing but uh no it's i again it's it's great for i think the game of golf you know it's right. it's only gotten more chatter and more talked about and that's a good thing good hey yeah. what do they say no matter what the publicity is pub is pub whether it's yeah, good, yeah, bad, yeah. good bad or indifferent yeah. Yeah, absolutely. and here we are and if they yeah. get barkley man they get barkley the amount of money they're gonna have to fucking dump on him but 600 million what they paid Phil two hundred million and they got six hundred billion to blow. They're not even close well, the, to the, scratch. Yeah, the the rumor, the one rumor that I think will probably be true is Hideki at four hundred million because they want that Asian um, tour and that Asian, you know, yeah, in, you know, like kind of influence. Yep. No, and I that think one to me makes sense. That one to me makes sense. You're getting somebody who's not, you know, there's not a huge. Even though the LPGA has a very, you know, large Asian, you know, um, you know, demographic, the, the the PGA doesn't, right, right, and so get him and be able to get that group on how much of a celebrity he is over in his own country is unbelievable. So to get him, you know, it's like the, you know, it's like getting Ichiro when he came over to the Mariners, you know, same thing. Like that amount of people and press is right. is unheard of. Yeah, I know. So and that one to me makes sense. And no one seems to be bitching and complaining that Soto for the Nationals was turned down four hundred and thirty million for over fifteen years, but yet we're getting blowback for you know Bryson taking one hundred and fifty over yeah. one time shot. You know, it's, I don't right. know people that bitch about other people's money. Go look at your own bank account and stop fucking right. bitching and get your ass to fucking work and go grind it and find it. You know, if, right. if that's the way right. it is, stop. All that right. is is jealousy. That's what right. I hear every time I hear somebody bitch and complain about this tour is you're puking jealousy on me. And it's right. and it's the right. same thing about, you know, oh, the baseball players, they all get paid so much money. Hey, you were 12 years old too once. You could have sat in a batting cage for fucking ever as well. And you didn't. You know, you just took the opportunity to not. And now you're whining because of it. Go fuck yourself. With that, Stutzman, let's end this thing. Duck you, buddy. Thank you for coming hey, uh, on the pod. Thank you. Good seeing you down here in the valley. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. We got what? Three weeks? Four weeks? Four weeks. I think it's four weeks. Beat. Four weeks from today. Yeah. That we'll be up there. And we have one month from today, the 28th. Yeah. We'll be there. Are you nervous but, at all? I was just going to say, are you accepting the ass beating or are you going to be okay? Uh, no, happens? we'll be fine. I just gotta get Andrew. Okay. I just gotta get Andrew out on the golf course. I know he hasn't played very often. I gotta get his ass on the golf. I course. gotta find, and I'm, I, and I will tell you, I gotta find a fourth, or I have a fourth that I don't. The last thing I want is that last minute. Oh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it, so I might have to just find someone else that confirms so I can kick him out. But um, we'll see how it goes. That's all right. Regardless, we're gonna have a fucking great time. The Jingweeds is Absolutely. always good time. Good time. Good golf. Good beers. Good people. It's the live tour, baby. (laughs) All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Later. Stay pissed, everybody. See you, everybody. Love you, mom and dad of Dan. Hey, and don't forget, we're going to enjoy this favorite tune from Mark Studsman. Later. Later.